بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونسلی علی رسولی الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 7th of August in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 93rd night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and we're now on the section in which we're coming close to his passing away to glory so the next section entitled his last will and testament seeing that his end was now near this majestic man radiyallahu gave a few final instructions to his family the noble son of abdullah ibn mas'ud abu ubaidah rahmatullahi he said my father said bury me at the grave of uthman ibn mazun Bury me at the grave of Uthman ibn Mazun. It's recorded in Ibn Sa'ad and Istabakat, volume 3, page 121 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Badr. So that was his will. He goes, bury me next to Uthman ibn Mazun. So who was this soul? Sayyidina Uthman ibn Mazun, was that elite soul who had fallen seriously ill shortly after returning from the glorious battle of Badr. His Ansari brother, Sayyidina Abdul Hasim, and members of his family tried their best for his treatment, but it was to be of no avail. This mountain of a man now lay upon his deathbed, hardly having the strength to now barely breathe. Our beloved Messenger was immediately informed about the precarious condition of his foster brother and he immediately rushed to his bedside without a moment to lose. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, Rasulullah went rushing to Uthman ibn Maz'un on the day he passed away. His on his arrival, he leant over him and he was counseling him with mild, soothing words. Mm-hmm. He وسلم, then after a short pause, raised his blessed head. And the companions noticed a sign of weeping in his auspicious eyes. He then leant over him again. And then he وسلم, raised his head. And this time the companions عنهم, found him weeping. He then leant over him once again. And when he raised his face, there was now a sound of cry from his blessed lips. The companions realized that Uthman ibn Maz'un had passed away I, in the presence of his beloved brother. So stop in the report. So the reason I'm talking now about Uthman ibn Maz'un is because Ibn Maz'un said, I want to be buried next to him. So we need to know who this companion is. So look how touching. The Prophet comes to him and he's not passed away. And the first time he says some words to him. The second time, his eyes filled with tears. And the third, he's weeping and they realize he's passed away. And the Prophet also made a sound from his blessed lips. On seeing this, the companions, all of them indulged in an outcry. 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam turned and immediately stopped them from this and said, this is from shaitan. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thereafter, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam turned his beautiful face back to his beloved brother and said, Ya Abu Sa'ib, I am leaving you now. Indeed, without doubt, you have left this world without taking anything of it with you. This is recorded in Tabrani, Hafiz ibn Abdul Barra Rahmatullahi in his Al-Istiyab 3-87, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid 9-303, comments upon the chain of narrators, Ayat al-Sahab volume 3, page 305-6 of the New English Translation. So when the Prophet grieved, he showed signs of grief. The companions thought this was mourning. So they also started to groan and mourn. But the Prophet said, repent, this is from shaitan, meaning your tears... And your grief in your heart, you're not accountable. But your hands and your voice, you are. And then he turned back to Uthman ibn Maz'un. He said, I am leaving you now. Meaning, you've entered the barzakh. You have left the world without taking anything of it with you. <laughs> I think about that. How can you leave the world without taking anything? <laughs> and the Prophet said, you've done that. In another report, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his mercy upon you, O Uthman, for neither have you taken from this world, nor has it taken anything from you. This is in Abu Nu'aym al-Hiliya, number 211, Hayat al-Sahab, volume 3, page 306 of the New English Translation. The Prophet made a dua for him, because may Allah have mercy upon you. And he said, you've taken nothing from the world, nor has the world taken anything from you, meaning you wasn't deceived by it. Our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thereupon kissed his noble departed brother. For our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu said, Rasulullah as he wept, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he kissed Uthman ibn Maz'un after the latter had just passed away. This is recorded in Abu Dawood, number 3163, Tirmidhi, number 991, Hassan Sahih, Ibn Imaj, number 1456, Ahmed in his Muslim, number 24,220 or 6-55. Mishkat, number 1,623 in the chapter on the verge of death. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in his Sahih Sunan Abi Dawood 2-289 and Sahih Sunan Ibn Majah, number 1,191. So in this Sahih in the Sunans, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was weeping. And what did he do? He kissed Uthman ibn Maz'un after he had passed away. So this was the sunnah of the Prophet Adding details, our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha also said, Rasulullah entered to where the body of Uthman ibn Maz'un was. He uncovered his face, leaned over him, kissed him and wept until I saw the tears running down his cheeks. This is in Tirmidhi, Behaki, Al-Isaba 2-464, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 151 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in his Ahkam al-Jana'is, page 32. So his face was covered. Why? When a person dies, you cover his face. The Prophet uncovered his face, leaned over him, kissed him and wept. And Aisha, because I saw tears running down his cheeks. And in another report, our mother added, he وسلم, wept till his tears flowed over Uthman's face. <laughs>
He said, wept till his tears flowed over Uthman radiallahu's face. This is in Abu Dawood, number 3163. Tirmidhi, number 991, Hassan Sahih. Ibn Imajah, number 1456. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 24,220. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, 3-288. Mishkat, number 1623, in the chapter on the verge of death. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 4, page 151 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in his Sahih Sunan Abi Dawood, 2-289, and Sahih Sunan Ibn Imaj, number 1191. So he not only wept, his tears flowed so much, it actually fell upon Uthman's face. Thus, our beloved Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was weeping profusely upon the passing of his dear brother. Subhanallah, those passed away. Sayyidina Abu Sa'ib, the foster brother of our beloved messenger the brother-in-law of Sayyidina Umar the maternal uncle of Ummul Mu'mineen Sayyida Hafsa and Abdullah ibn Umar one of the elite forerunners the Hanif the one honored with three blessed and priceless migrations the Amir of the first migration elite Badri and the father and brother of other illustrious Badris one of those who helped construct Masjid al-Nabi, the great ascetic, the one whose face was touched by the priceless tears of our beloved messenger, the one who took nothing from the mortal world, the first muhajir to pass away in Al-Madina and to be buried in Jannat al-Baqi, the one whom Rasulullah's family is buried next to, the knight of our beloved messenger, the good one who preceded the good ones. And last but not least, one of the magnificent companions of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa May Allah the Almighty be well pleased with him. And most assuredly, he certainly is. Amin. So this was a brief CV on Uthman ibn Mazun. So looking at a few of the points. How was he related to the Prophet? He was his cousin, distant cousin, but also foster brother. They circled from the same woman, radiyallahu anh. He was, his, he was married to Umar's sister. So Hafsa, the mother of the believers, and Abdullah ibn Umar, their uncle was Uthman ibn Mas'ud, Mama, mother's brother. He was one of the earliest Muslims, he was a Hanif. He didn't go near any of the haram things even before Islam. He had three migrations. He went to Abyssinia, he came back, went to Abyssinia again, came back, went to uh, Al-Madina. He fought in Badr, his brother and son fought in Badr. He helped build Masjid al-Nabi. He was the one that wanted to go to extremes because I, want, I don't want to get married. I don't want to go near my wife. I want to just fast all the time and the Prophet was controlling him. So he want to castrate himself. The Prophet goes, no. Rasulullah, obviously, like I mentioned, his tears fell upon him. He was the first muhajir to pass away. If anybody asked you that question, who was the first muhajir who passed away in Al-Madina? It was Uthman ibn Maz'un. That was an honor for him. Where was he buried? Jannat al-Baqi. He was the first to be buried there amongst the Muhajirin. Rasulullah then said, my family will be buried next to him. <laughs> because he's my foster brother. And his virtues go on and on. It is related by Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar Rahmatullah in his Al-Istiyab 1-324. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Maz'un was the first to pass away of the Muhajirun after emigrating to Al-Madinah. So here it mentions he was the first. So now, who witnessed most, if not all, of what I've mentioned? Mm. The great Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Mm. 
So Allahu Akbar. It was those next to such an august and hallowed soul that the blessed body of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud came to rest. So don't just think he just, why did he say that? Why was that in his will and testament? Bury me next to Uthman ibn Mas'ud. So notice what he was doing. He was not only getting as much virtue as he could possibly, he was also instructing the Muslims. Find out who I'm talking about. You know, you hear the report, mashallah. Mashallah. Who is Uthman ibn Mas'ud? Must be a great person, right? Is that what Ibn Mas'ud told you? Just so you could say he's a great person. So Lord, he was honored to be buried next to the four Prophet's family as well. What else was in his will and testament? So there's a report. Just to add, I should have mentioned this. Uthman ibn Mas'ud, when he died, Lord, one of the female folk said, he's going to paradise. The Prophet said, how do you know he's going to paradise? So she got shocked. But then later, I think either the Prophet had the dream or another companion, and they saw Uthman ibn Maz'un standing next to a huge river. And the Prophet interpreted it to mean that that's his good deeds. So what's interesting, even with regards to Uthman ibn Maz'un, the Prophet didn't like people to speak without knowledge. So we should never say somebody's going to paradise. Unless if Allah Ta'ala and his messenger mentioned it. So think about that. Though he was definitely a man of paradise, when that woman said those words, the Prophet didn't like it. He goes, don't, don't speak without knowledge. And even when people get martyred, you should say, look, inshallah, he's martyred. You know, we will treat him as a martyr, but Allah Ta'ala knows his reality. You know, we have no idea. At the same time, the flip side is also true. You might get a person where you think he's doomed. And yet, he's passed. Allah Allah knows the reality. You know, we've got no idea. So in another report, it mentions, this is in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabaqat, volume 3, page 1 to 1 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Badr. Abdullah ibn Zubair, he said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, made my father Zubair whom Rasulullah had paired him as his brother, and his son, myself, as his executors, in which it was written. So stop in the report. So who was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud paired with? Radiyallahu. Zubair. Zubair. <laughs> we mentioned this, you know, months ago. <laughs> ibn Mas'ud said, my will and testament is going to be performed by Zubair <laughs> and his son, Abdullah ibn Zubair. So Ibn Zubair, he added, this is what Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud had instructed. If something happens in my illness, then Az-Zubair Ibn Al-Awwam and his son, Abdullah Ibn Zubair, radiyallahu anhuma, are my executors. They have free disposal in what they undertake and judge and that with no harm to them in any of it. He then instructed that none of his daughters be married except by their knowledge. And that did not exclude his wife, Zainab bint Abdullah al-Thaqafiyah. So look at the honor he's given to his noble brother, who's greater than him, one of the ten promised paradise, Zubair, and his son. Look how he honored his son, even though he was much younger, because he was also a great companion. He said they can do whatever they want with my wealth. I've given them legal right. Then he said, None of my daughters can marry except with their consent. Mm-hmm. Not even my wife, whom I'm going to leave as a widow. Mm-hmm. 
So what does that tell you? He had great love for Zubair In another report, in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabaqat, volume 3, page 122 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Badr, case Ibn Abi Hazim who said, As Zubair ibn al-Awwam visited Uthman after Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had passed away. And he said, Give me Abdullah's stipend. The family of Abdullah are more entitled to it than the treasury. Uthman thus gave him 13,000 dirhams. So what's happened? So when Ibn Masood leaves the world for Jannah al-Firdos, like I mentioned, there was possibly a stipend that was due to him because he was dismissed. So Zubair asked the Amir al-Mu'mineen, he goes, that money is needed by Abdullah. Give it to Abdullah who's passed away. His family are more entitled to it than the treasury. Meaning you've done correctly. But I believe his family needed more than the treasury. Uthman didn't hesitate. He gave 13,000 dirhams to Zubair. He goes, give this to Ibn Masood's family. In a similar report, in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabaqat, volume 3, page 122 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Badr, Urwa ibn Zubair, rahmatullah, said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had made Zubair his executor. When Uthman denied him the stipend for two years, Zubair went to him and said his family needed more than the treasury. Thus he gave him his stipend of 20,000 or 15,000 dirhams. So this adds a detail. For two years, he wasn't given his stipend. Like I mentioned, this was due to the dismissal and other reasons. Zobair said his, his family needed. Now the figure is 20,000 or 15,000, meaning they're not certain. It was around that ballpark. 13,000, 15,000, 20,000. It is important to reiterate that as shown the Amir al-Mu'mineen Uthman ibn Affan had already offered to return to him his stipends, but he had refused. Go back to yesterday. What did I mention? On his deathbed. Shall I give you your stipends? He said, I'm not in need of it. <laughs> Remember, I mentioned that report. So don't get this impression that Uthman was holding a bike. He wanted to give it to him. But he refused. But now when Zubair comes after his death, he gave it. <laughs> Indeed, shortly after his last few instructions to his blessed family, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud also passed away to eternal glory. <laughs> Those passed away. From the troubles of this mortal world, Sayyidina Ibn Umi Abd, who immensely resembled our beloved Messenger in both his outward appearance and demeanor, the one who had access to the prophetic residence just like his own family members, amongst the first elite ten to have embraced Islam, the one in charge of our beloved Messenger's staff, his sandals, his wudu water, his screen, his miswak, his cushion and saddle. Mm. The special servant who was paired with the special disciple of our beloved messenger, Sayyidina Zubair, one of those elite sick souls who called upon their Lord sincerely morning and evening. And thus amongst those whom our beloved messenger, was instructed to sit with. Mm. One of the divinely chosen elite 14 guards of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa The one whose recital was likened to the archangel Jibreel, alayhi salatu wa salam. And the one who learned 70 surahs directly from the sacred lips of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa 
the one whom our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would recite the entire quran to during ramadan and then twice in the last year of his, his exalted life one of the four from whom we were instructed to learn the quran from the one with the greatest knowledge of the glorious quran the first to publicly recite the quran to the unbelieving quraish the one who accompanied our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the night of the jinn the one who saw and heard the angels alayhi salatu wasalam as our beloved messenger was resting on his thigh the blessed double migrant the one whose blessed heart does not contain even an atom's weight of dishonesty the slayer of the firawn of this ummah the dignified and utterly humble the one about whom our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wasallam believe whatever he tells you and i sallallahu alayhi wasallam am pleased for you with whatever he is pleased for you the one whom our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would have appointed to authority without any consultation the jurist of this ummah the small vessel filled with knowledge and all knowledge ultimately being located with ali and his blessed self the veritable ocean of knowledge the chief qadi of kufa the one who was an immense wasila i means to our exalted lord subhanahu wa ta'ala the one in whose company is far better than an abundant worship the one whose blessed calves would be heavier in their scales than even mountains on the day of resurrection and the one who will accompany our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the highest grades of paradise our example for excellence the majestic and truly noble sayyidina abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with him and forgive us all for his honorable sake amen So all of that was a CV. Obviously, I went through all the relevant reports proving his status. But when you actually go through the CV, you, it blows your mind that all of that can be found in one man. And this was the great Ibn Mas'ud, i.e., who was one of the founding fathers of the Hanafi fiqh. And if you look at his virtues, you don't need any further commentary showing his status. So all I mentioned today was basically now. the last will and testament of the great abdullah ibn mas'ud he was buried next to uthman ibn mas'ud why did he want that i should have mentioned that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that the righteous dead will intercede for 40 of his neighbors this is in ibn abi dunya so it's an honor to be buried next to the righteous so look how humble he was he himself was a mountain Abdullah ibn Mas'ud but he wanted to be buried next to the one whom he remembered how much the prophet loved him the brother of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam Uthman ibn Mas'ud and they're next to the section where the prophet's family are buried their graves are together he's buried in Jannatul Baqi another honor so not again his virtues are endless and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a true love and veneration for all the noble and glorious chosen companions amen are there any questions let us سبحان الله بحمدي سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واغفر لي ما شئت انت سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل انسان لا في خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات والواسط الحق والواسط الصبر صدق الله العظيم